Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. You're joining us here for episode 66. Wowzers. Another uh, another week, another uh, milestone. A milestone? Why did I say that? I don't know. It, it, you know, here's the milestone. And we're going to get into it because it's, it's probably going to be the anchor topic for today. WWE actually decided to honor our, uh, our, um, our format this week. They wanted to give us something really juicy to talk about. And they made that happen uh, the day before we were recording. So thanks, Vince. Right. Or Nick Khan or whoever. Uh, Tom, your mic is just a little scratchy, too, just so you know. Yeah. I, you know what? My son tells me all the time, like, when I don't shave for a day, he goes, you've got the worst beard ever. I'm like, this is not even a beard, kid. Like, <laughs> that when puberty hits you, you know, you're going to be in a real world of hurt. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Jim. You're Tom. And you're right. Um, wrestling in general, the last two weeks has decided to, uh, check it out with our, our recording schedule. Ring of Honor dropped their, uh, announcement last week, the day before we were recording and, uh, WWE obviously dropping big news yesterday. Uh, before we get going with that though, um, I know we just talked about this before we clicked record. Uh, we're not going to go into any sort of long form discussion of it, but, uh, I think we would be remiss if we didn't say best wishes to John Moxley. Uh, who announced this week that he's entered uh, alcohol rehabilitation, impatient, um, or had Tony Khan announce that. Uh, I've seen some people online who say Khan stepped, well, Vince Russo was one of them, and I probably shouldn't even give him um, airtime, but said that Khan, you know, shouldn't have done that and, and shared personal information. I'm like, when the first words of the statement are, John Moxley gave me his blessing to share this, um, maybe you should just stop trying to get attention. But, um, I think I, all know. of the yeah, just in response to that, just generally, you know, and this is really you know sensitive and confidential information, but I do think that in the era that we're in, in the in the promotion of AEW, the the I, I, I haven't thought this through, so I'm I'm, I'm finding uh, finding the words hard at the moment. The, the the connection and the openness that exists lends itself to this. So, like, yes, while I think it's you know, it's it's a it's a very sensitive topic. If there was ever a place and a time for it to come out and 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 in a, in a location, AEW being, you know, open and and having and operating with transparency, I think that maybe that might be the best way to say it. Makes me understand why this happened. But people people will have their opinions on it. So you know, whatever. Right. right. And ultimately, to me, it, it, if John Moxley wants it out there personally, you know publicly then then that's the decision like and if john moxley didn't want it out there publicly then that's the decision somebody on twitter made the comment well they could have just done like a kayfabe injury story and i'm like right but maybe that's not what moxley wanted and ultimately that was what was important in this situation is john moxley and what he wants so um all our best to him take all the time you need to get get things right and and get on the right path your fans will be here ready and the pop when john moxley returns will be insane i think um for multiple reasons i mean the guy's over as rover as it is um but i think because there's that connection i agree with you in aew more than maybe even in wwe although i think if something like this happened in wwe the pop would be insane as well um but i think that the uh the connection that the fans and the talent seem to have in aew uh, when, when he comes back yeah 
you might have to put the strap on him right away. I don't know. But um, he's he's going to be... If there were thoughts to turn him heel, and I know there were like rumblings that maybe he was headed towards a heel turn, yeah, he ain't going to be able to do that for a little bit when he comes back. So um, I hope he comes back soon, but, but not until he's ready, um, if that makes sense. So, you know, the selfish fan in me wants to see him, but the human being in me says, you take your time and, and you you make sure you're okay. Because whatever his real name is, Jonathan, whatever, I can't remember his real last name, and it's unimportant, is more important than John Moxley. So, I don't know. Enough said on that, Tom? Yeah, yeah. I, we could dive deep, you know, and it's interesting. When the news broke this week, I was thinking about recently, like, you know, he cut a promo a few weeks back talking about the only thing important, and you know, to him is his wife and his daughter. And, you know, you know, if we really wanted to go, wow, reading between the lines, like, you know, was he, was he struggling then? I'm sure he was struggling then. You know, right. and I would argue that too physically – over the last two months, he's he's changed, you know, in terms of like his appearance. He's, he's appeared to be a little bit more bloated from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, lifestyle choices being what they are, you know, I'm sure I look bloated. I'm up six pounds in the last two weeks and I've been eating like crap. So um, I've also been drinking like crap. So um, that's what you get when you tailgate and watch football and then Halloween happens. Um, talk about Halloween Havoc, uh, completely di- separate topic, uh, Halloween Havoc on my diet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, anyhow, you know, again, you, you can always go, Oh, okay. And we, and we don't need to do that here. So I apologize. Okay. I even like, you know, kind of drifted in that lane. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Yeah. But I think, uh, like we both said, ultimately get better, get, get things in the right. Um, and, and maybe the fact that, you know, Renee and his daughter are, are the most important things is what helped him realize, hey, you know, things aren't going right right now. I need some help. And kudos to him for seeing that. Um, and and kudos to AEW for saying, nope, that's fine. You know, this this tournament, whatever we had booked, doesn't matter. You matter. You know, you take care of you and, and they'll pivot. And I mean, goodness gracious, if you just want to talk the wrestling side of it for a second, you know, AEW's got a bench that's pretty deep, so it's not like it's real hard to find somebody you could slide in. I have not seen AEW yet uh, for this week, so I don't know who they slide in. Um, I've got, you know, some thoughts of two or three names that I think would be pretty easy to slide in without, you know, shaking up other storylines as well, um, although you could do that fairly easily too. So so let it be known, Tony Khan's notebook was not totally the full gear card now. <laughs> yes, yes. No, that you, you're coming up with having a deep bench. Like never before, you know, has this been um it's always a blessing, I think you could say, like, or it's always an a, an asset. It's for things like this, planned and unplanned, in most things happen in wrestling, unplanned injuries, life, you know, to be able to go to someone, you know, who is still a high profile talent or a name. And again, in AEW, they've done a great job building people up, uh, and and to go to them in that spot, it's you know, again, that's that's why you sign people. That's that's you know, for all for all the wow, how are they going to find time for so and so? Here's here's a good reason um, why having so and so, you know, yeah, yeah. Annette, our uh, number one listener, as far as I, I can tell, uh, Annette said she thinks it's Jonathan Good. I think that does sound right. So Jonathan Good is more important than John Moxley. Um, 
now that now that she says that name, that that does click and ring ring a bell. So, well, speaking of signing people, uh, in about ninety days, in about February, if I do my math right, uh, there's some more names. Well, actually, in thirty days for some, um, and in ninety days for others, there's some names that are going to be available to AEW if they so choose. Um, AEW can't sign everybody. We've talked about that before, and I don't think they would sign everybody in this list, but. It was Black Thursday yesterday. Uh, WWE released another 18 people. Um, there have also been some corporate shakeups. I saw just this morning, in fact, the CFO is out, um, and they've named a new CFO. She actually was on the earnings call. The old CFO was on the earnings call yesterday and out of a job by this morning. Um, don't know if she knew that yesterday or not, but uh, okay. maybe And maybe she was choosing to leave. I don't know. It didn't really say. Um, they just named who the new one was. She did have a little statement in there about all the good things she'd done. So apparently it wasn't a totally get out the door kind of thing. But um, so there's changes in the corporate office, but talent changes as well. Um, 18 released yesterday. Don't know if we'll see any more names today. I feel like they got to start running out of names to cut at some point. Um, but as our friend, I think it was Sean said, uh, the good news is we can get Randy Orton versus Sheamus for the 9,000th time. So, you know, they're still employed. Um, I thought, though, Tom, I broke these into four groups, and I thought it would just be easier to kind of talk about them in groups rather than with 18 names. I feel like if we just said, let's talk about WWE releases. Um, we might end up just meandering all over the place. Um, so... Well, and before we switch to the groups of names, can we just have a quick conversation about a theory that's out there that this group of individuals who were released yesterday, it, a lot of it has to do with potential vaccination status uh, against COVID-19. Interesting that that might be part of why this happened or all of why this happened. And we don't know, so we won't speculate. We'll just say, you know, it, it could be this happening in the 48 hours after arguably a top five NFL star as positive for COVID-19 and will miss a huge game this Saturday and potentially from Sunday, excuse me. And then potentially another huge game the following weekend because of the timeline and, and what's required. And then it goes back to this individual, Aaron Rodgers, uh, said he was uh, immunized. In his August press conference, he stated quite inoculated, I believe. Was the, in, 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 okay, yeah. So I thought I think inoculation. I think I think both terms might have been used. Uh, and, and then and then as reporters pressed him, um, he did he you know he talked about it being a personal choice and not getting into that. And the question is, you know, how complicit were were the Packers in in whatever was happening? You know, there are some very specific NFL mandates that I don't know, you know, chapter and verse on. However, it would seem that, you know, this superstar, this NFL superstar received some preferential treatment. Now, the NFL is way bigger than the WWE, but they are both multi-million uh, dollar, NFL billion dollar, WWE wishes they were billion dollar entities. My wondering is, you know, with this move on WWE's end, if it does relate and pertain to vaccination status or lack thereof, you know, is this another move that they may be making because they want to sell to someone or they are going to sell to someone and their buyer doesn't want to deal with that? So that was a thought I had yesterday as I as I as I process this. And it, and it wasn't until 
the the thought was posed, and the first person I saw it posed was was Mike Kingston, the creator of Headlocked. Uh, you know, uh, someone that we've interacted with over the years. Um, so yeah, I just I just wondered that. I thought I thought the irony of irony may be the wrong term. I thought that 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 it was interesting for that to be potentially the reason in the same week where you have the Aaron Rodgers story breaking. And to be clear, uh, Mike was was speculating, and he said that he had you know just just he was wondering. Um, and by the way, total aside, not release related. Uh, he Mike has a Kickstarter going right now for his next issue of Headlocked. And uh, if you're hearing this and you've never checked out Headlocked, um, I know a lot of people who listen to this are friends of ours and, and are in kind of the same group and probably have uh, have checked that out in the past. Um, but I strongly suggest it. I'm not a comic book guy, but I have every episode or episode, <laughs> um, every issue of of Headlocked, um, partially to yes, support a friend, um, but also because he does a great job with it. So check that out on Kickstarter if you get a chance. Uh, not a sponsor, but uh, free plug for him there. Um, I'm back. When, when, it, when it becomes a Netflix series, you will be watching every episode. I will. That is true. And it should be. It absolutely, some of the crap they put out, it, this story should absolutely be. It would be way better than some of the stuff they put out. Um, maybe Heels is slightly inspired by, I don't know. But uh, the, the thought process anyways, not the story. But um, anyways, check that out on Kickstarter. I think it runs through the end of this week, maybe Sunday or Monday. Um that Kickstarter, so there's not a lot of time left, but uh, give it a check. Check it out. Um, he's got some cool rewards, different covers, and things like that. So give him, give him a check on Kickstarter. Easy enough for me to say. So on the vaccination thing, Tom, um, I've read reports that maybe four or five of these names, um, and I've only seen one um, name mentioned, but then maybe four or five of these 18 might have had something to do with it. And I've also read that it may have been a factor, but not the only factor. Um, PW Insider had an article, I think just this morning, um, and I apologize, I did not see who wrote it. It felt like Mike Johnson or Dave Scherer, um, but I mean, they're the main two there, but they do have other comp- contributing reporters as well. Um, but who talked about the fact, and, and I thought it was a good point, that if vaccination did play a role, um, some of that might be that there are some venues and some areas in some countries uh, that if a, a WWE talent is unvaccinated, they may not be able to perform. Uh, and that could be a problem for WWE moving forward. If they have stars who choose not to be vaccinated, and that certainly is their personal choice, um, but choices have consequences. And WWE certainly also has the choice to employ or contract with who they want. I guess these aren't employees, they're independent contractors, but whatever. Uh, that's a different argument for a whole different day. It could be its own series of episodes. But um, that is a challenge that they're probably going to be facing in the future because there are states that are requiring it for performers and and people um, in venues. There are countries that are going to require for you to get into the country from the sounds of things, and some already are. Um, so you could have people on your roster. Now, whether these people would be featured stars or not, who knows? Um, but you could have folks on your roster who can't go to certain places and, and that becomes a logistical problem for WWE. So I, I understand it from that perspective. It is as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how much that played in, but man, it's the world we live in right now. And, uh, you know, for everybody that yells free choice about vaccination and you're right, it should be a choice. Um, 
companies and organizations also have choice, although <laughs> maybe they won't. I mean, there's a there's a mandate that just came out from OSHA, and again, don't want to go political, um, so let's let's avoid that conversation just because that's not what we do here. But uh, maybe it won't be as much of a choice either, and that's an ar another argument for another day. Let's talk about these talents a little bit, Tom. There are 18 of them. Again, I broke them into four groups, kind of trying to put, um, like I tried to keep NXT people together and then kind of in the main roster, um, lower and then slightly higher than lower card folks. Um, no main event talents let go this time. No Bray Wyatt's or Braun Strowman's. No, uh, I don't believe any former main roster champ. Well, Yes, there is a former main roster champion on there, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But let's start with uh, four talents from NXT that really never got going. I guess one of them a little bit. She did have a tag title shot at one point. Uh, but Katrina Cortez, uh, who had a couple of matches on NXT. Jesse Kamea, who obviously was a part of the Robert Stone brand or Frankie Monet's group. We'll talk about Frankie in a minute. Uh, Zeta Ramirez, who was a Booker T trainee, and I remember having a few matches. And then Jeet Rama, who I think was just on 205 Live, and then that, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the card, but the one they did for India um, last year, Jeet Rama was on that one as well. And any of these names, Tom, this is probably the one we'll spend the least amount of time on, but any of these names surprise you, make you upset, give you any sort of emotional response? The only two I'll comment on are Jesse Kamea and Zeta. So Zeta definitely seemed like she had a high ceiling in, in some of the matches she had on NXT. I, I want to say there was a match maybe with Zoe Stark or Io Shirai early on. Uh, in I said early on, but it was like in this calendar year. I'm sure I'm certain of it. Uh, where you know she looked looked like there was potential there. So that's interesting. Uh, and then Jesse Kamea, I think she'd been in the system for quite a while because her character evolved over time as she got into the Robert Stone brand. I also think she's in a relationship or was in a relationship with a main roster talent. So it's always interesting, right? Like that these, and we'll talk about how that really impacted are the fourth group that we're going to talk about, or maybe not impacted, but aligns. Um, it's just, it, I just find it interesting, you know, certainly people, um, you know, until a month and a half, two months ago, you had Britt Baker and Adam Cole, who are, you know, public knowledge that they're together. We're in two different companies. Uh, you may have that with where Jesse Kamea potentially lands down the road. I, yeah, I don't know who Jesse Kamea is with, so that's interesting to note. Um, Zeta, so Zeta's... That's, that's on the Patreon. So the Patreon version oh, okay. of Small Monkeys is that's where we <laughs> give all the dirt and all the scoops about the love life of... of professional wrestlers. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's two spot monkeys after dark on Patreon. No, um, we don't have a Patreon. <laughs> That's uh, like the, the second time in four weeks we've dropped that. Yeah, I know. Pretty soon we're going to have to start like living up to the truth, which both is also like ironic and scary. They're right. Terrifying at the same time. Um, so Zeta, her day, well, it wasn't her debut on NXT. She had actually the end of March been in a tag match with Gigi Dolan, actually, against Candice and Indy, but uh, her I guess singles debut in NXT, she defeated Tony Storm. Um, and then they didn't really follow up on that because why would you? Why would you put Zeta over Tony Storm? And I think it, well, there was a storyline with Tony going on too at the time, but still, he gave Zeta a win. And then she promptly got beat by Saray the next week, lost to Mercedes, and then lost in a tag match to Candice and Indy with uh, Zoe Stark as her tag partner. So that was, I just ran through all of Zeta Ramirez's NXT matches that were televised. 
Yeah, I really didn't give her much of a chance, did we? Did they? Uh, and I agree with Jesse Kamea. I thought Jesse Kamea actually had a little something. She had a little it factor for me. Um, I thought she could have been the breakout of that Robert Stone group. Uh, but again, they never really gave it a chance uh, outside of a week or two. And then never really went anywhere. So uh, best of luck to all four of them. I, you know, I don't know that they were ever given a chance. It'd be interesting to see, you know, maybe one or more of these folks become kind of the next, I always use Ty Conti as the, the person who I think never really got a shot in NXT and now look at her, you know, she's going to be challenging for the world title at, at full gear and, and has turned into a very capable and, and good pro wrestler um, and, and good character. So maybe one of these four will be kind of the next Ty Conti. We'll see. It'd be interesting. Uh, the next four are also from NXT, uh, but Trey Baxter, Oni Lorcan, Frankie Monet, and Ember Moon, who has been both on the main roster and um, NXT. Uh, Tom, first thoughts on on these four talents? Um, gosh, Ember Moon is the one that stands out largest for me. Um, it seems like the world. Uh, could have been could have been hers, and, and I'm not saying that's that this is her fault being released. You know, she she was fantastic in NXT in her first run, went to the main roster, didn't really get going. Could have, I think. I don't know if it was what if it's creative, if it's her, if it's a mix of both. I think injury played a part there, and then her reboot to NXT was solid, but then it seemed like she just got lost in the shuffle. So that's a bummer. Uh, I think I think she's going to be a big name uh, that that a promotion will want to to sign, whether that be AEW, who's got a stacked women's division, or Impact. And so the, the you know an, an overarching wondering that I'll have in all of these is how does Impact you know look to get more eyes on them, and and what type of budget do they have? Because it would seem to me like. AEW doesn't have many more spots. I may be totally wrong about that. I, I, I don't know. So it seems like Impact might be the place that these individuals land unless they're like, hey, you know, there are these other places like the rebooted Ring of Honor and GCW who are running regularly enough that we can find, you know, a, a consistent stream of income. So that it kind of went broader than just focusing on these, but that's a wondering I have. I think that overarches a lot of these. Uh, the other piece, Frankie Monet, again, the wife of John Morrison. Uh, okay, cool. Like, so a guy that, you know, you clearly don't want to release. Again, like, if, if he would have been part of this, I'd have been like, okay, wow, they're really just going for, you know, the the jugular on, on every couple possible. Um, but they, but they, they, did, they didn't release him. So, um, uh, but, uh, but on the flip side of that, Trey Baxter, gone. Cora Jade, still around. But... She's also very young, so they probably see realize that her ceiling is much greater from where she is to where she can go. And then Oni Lorcan, he's going to be fine. Uh, Biff Busick was, you know, un, unheralded, underrated, and when he gets back, he, there's going to be no shortage of places that he is going to be able to find uh, opportunities to wrestle and perform. I'd love for him to land in AEW because I think that he'd be an, uh, an, a value add to that promotion. Again, where is there enough space? Yeah. And Ember Moon to me, goodness gracious, like 
I, I agree with you. Just never quite got going after that initial awesome run in NXT. Like, they never got her going on the main roster. They lost her in the shuffle. I agree with you on, on NXT. And she can be a star. She's so good in the ring. Um, and I don't I don't even think she's that bad of a promo. You know, I mean, she's not the greatest promo ever, but she's not, you know, doesn't hurt my ears to listen to her give a promo either. Um, and, and so good in the ring and has a, a unique look. And I just, yeah, I, that one to me, like, I'm not shocked to see her release, to be perfectly honest, because they weren't doing anything. But, duh, how do you not, like, how how is she not a star? Just terrible looking in my eyes. Yeah, Monet makes. Um, they never again. They never really gave Monet a chance on in NXT. I don't feel like. Well, didn't uh, she get signed like in like the like late winter, early spring of this year? Like, how do you even and, have the chance in like six months to even know what you have? Right, and and not really ever get behind her. Like you gave her this big kind of build up with the dog running through everything for weeks, and then finally she's revealed, and then she did have a. Think had a yeah she had a title match with Raquel but not a lot of buildup like she just kind of asked for it and got it because she was Frankie Monet, um, and then you put her with Robert Stone which yeah not an upward move. Um, sorry, they just have never made Robert Stone or his group seem like anything more than a joke. Um, I thought maybe that was going to be a way they were going to get rid of Robert Stone and then Frankie and Jesse would you know and, and maybe they'd add some would become a group although then we ended up with Toxic Attraction as a group which I think has been great. Um, I I was a little surprised not to see John Morrison on this list, to be perfectly honest, because they've done nothing with him too. They did the completely easy thing with him, stuck him back with the Miz. Now they broke him up, and now he's like PJ Black sitting in the back, I guess, and he's the, you know, spiritual guru, sensei, and he's losing to Apollo Crews on main event. Okay, Um John Morrison was Impact World Champion. <laughs> like, he was Lucha Underground World Champion. I don't know if he's WWE World Champion material, but he could at least be in the U.S. and Intercontinental title picture. He's a good in-ring talent. Very good in-ring talent, frankly. He could, if they would have, again, booking, you get to decide these things, WWE. I think if they would have booked him well, I think he could have been a top guy for them. I think he's he's definitely good enough in the ring that he could be a top guy. And he's a good promo. I just, yeah, like, and I know he's not released. I'm talking about him like he's released, but um, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him in one of these lists one day. Uh, Yeah, Oni Larkin. I I wanted to talk about Trey Baxter for a second. Blake Christian now, as he's gone back to his previous indie name. Um, Again, like, the dude's talented, and you never got behind him at all. And I think that way with Alex Zane, Ari Sterling, um, in the last set of releases uh, who has a ring of honor world title shot on TV this week with bandito. And I have no doubt they're going to tear down the house uh, on ring of honor TV this weekend. I'm looking forward to that match. Blake Christian already announced for GCW in December. Uh, Not a shock (laughs) that he would go back to where he had worked before. He, I think Ember moon's also going to be interesting for me to go back to this for a quick second. I was just going to say Trey Baxter has a 30 day non-compete you would assume. Um, Although I know they have been able to ask out of those and WWE has let them out of them in cases in the past. They don't have to pay for them if they let them out of them. So why not? Um, Ember Moon, I'm curious whether she has a 30 day or a 90 day because she was an NXT talent, then went to the main roster and then came back to NXT. So it'll be interesting to see. And maybe we won't really find out. 
And if it's 30 day, if I was her, I wouldn't say anything because then when she shows up in December somewhere, you know, the whole world can be like, Oh my goodness, it's Ember moon. We didn't think we'd see her till February. Um, I don't know. They could play with that a little bit. Uh, again, I, I think, I think you're going to hear me say this time and time again over the next few groups, untapped potential for a lot of these folks. And that's on WWE. That's on their booking. Um, it isn't like, Oh, you gave these guys a chance and they, they fumbled the ball. Um, I don't really think, you know, only Larkin had a decent run in NXT. He was tag champ. What? Twice. I think um, once or twice. Anyways, a uh, little surprised Danny Birch wasn't on this list with him just because when you release one, you tend to release, you know, a, it seems like teams go together or, or pairings go together. Um, be curious to see if Danny Birch ends up back with Pete Dunn, maybe in NXT. Um, Cause Dunn's lost Ridge Holland to SmackDown. Um, and now Oni's gone. So does Danny Birch stay or does Danny Birch get lost in the shuffle and end up on the next round of cuts? Um, I saw Danny Birch as a possible coach. So whether yeah, that's, that's where they move him or not, you know. And, and that would be a, a great spot for Birch. Um, certainly a little older in years. Um, and certainly I would think could teach very, very well. I mean, if he has the skill to teach, he's got skill in the ring. Ain't no question about that. So um, I just, yeah. Wasted potential yet again. I think it'll be interesting to see where these folks land. Uh, Frankie Monet. I don't know if I see her in AEW, to be honest. Ember Moon, I'll be surprised if AEW doesn't snag. Um, but Frankie, I'm not sure I see in AEW, but I would see Impact wanting her back if she wants to go back there. Uh, she had a great run there, and they could bring her back in pretty much right on top without too much problem, I would think. Let's go to group number three, Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik, the last two ver uh, versions, the last two parts of Lucha House Party. So Lucha House Party now completely uh, has been released. Uh, I know Kalisto or Samurai Del Sol, as he's gone back to being known, made an appearance on AEW, I believe, this week um, that somewhat got him in some hot water, apparently, for apparently trying to kind of uh, use... Brody King, Brody King, Brody Lee's name, um, and maybe he wasn't really close with Brody. I don't know. There was some squawking about it online. Anyways, that's Samurai Del Sol. Lindsay and Grand Metalik are gone. Harry Smith. Uh, some people might be surprised to know that Harry Smith was under WWE contract because it was reported that he was signed, but he had one like dark match and then a what was it online exclusive interview where he talked about what he was going to do. There had been rumblings that he was on Smack, the SmackDown roster internally, but we never saw Harry Smith. Um, so we'll talk about him in a minute. Nia Jax, former Raw Women's Champion. Uh, connection to The Rock, so maybe a little surprising there in that respect. Um, I will say she is the one name I have seen reported that maybe vaccination status played in. Um, so there is that. And then B-Fab. Uh, Hit Road just gets brought up to SmackDown, and B-Fab's already gone. Uh, uh, what, what about those five names, Tom? There's, there's certainly, I know one in the middle of that list right there that I know you're shaking your head at. So, well, I mean, Nia Jax, I just think from a name perspective, like, you know, whether you like her or whether you don't like her. And again, she may, she may be only remembered for the whole, you know, Becky Lynch became the man. I was going to say, if it's not for Nia, we may never get the man. Yeah. So. Right. But that's that's a big one to me. Uh, Harry Smith is a name. He's the son of British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith. You would think that there's some loyalty. Clearly, there's not. So that's 
Um, and then, you know, Grand Metalik, uh, whatever his original Lucha name is, I'm, I'm, I, I've read it in the last 24 hours. I can't recall it at the moment. Uh, untapped potential. And you talk about guys um, like in the Cruiserweight Classic. Grand Metalik was, was, was here for five years because of the Cruiserweight Classic, which is crazy to think that it was five years ago that we had the Cruiserweight Classic that it got going. And then if you were to look back at like all of the different people, I mean, we had Zack Sabre Jr. in WWE because of that. We had Kota Ibushi in WWE because of that. Uh, again, just for that cup of coffee, nonetheless, you know, maybe someday on Peacock, those things will show up. They may be there now. I'm just joking. My brother and I were lamenting about the how, how disappointingly WWE has appeared and seemed to us since the transition from the network uh, proper to the network on Peacock. Um, Even if Peacock's got everything, their setup, it's just like like a six-year-old put it together. I mean, it's so hard to find anything. And stop calling WrestleMania 1 Season 1 and WrestleMania 2 Season 2. That's stupid. Knock it off. Like, you can do that with Raw and SmackDown, I guess. Although I still don't get seasons. But I don't understand when WWE says it's the season premiere of Raw or season finale or anything anyways because they never stop. But... um. They consider themselves episodic TV, so when a new year sure. begins, it's a new season of the episode. I agree with you. I think it's very stupid, but right. it's, 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 it's but calling it's WrestleMania started. one season one and WrestleMania two season two is is beyond stupid. It's all the way to idiotic. I think. So. Did, did you see season two of WrestleMania when King Kong right. fought Hulk Hogan? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, no. So these, uh, yeah, uh, B Fab, unfortunately, like just again. Hit row. It just is this right here with BFAB specifically talks about how it seems to be on a regular basis. WWE creative has no flipping clue about what's coming. It's it's like week to week or bi-weekly to bi-weekly. There's no long-term planning, or so it would seem. Well, and I think to that point, had Hit Row been brought up just as the trio of Ashanti, Topdala, and Swerve, and if BFAB had not been brought up with them, this wouldn't have surprised me then at all. Uh, because you're like, okay, BFAB's going to stay in NXT. Oh, oh she got released. Okay. Um, but she she was with them on their with their with on their debut. Um, I did not see SmackDown last week. Or did I? Did they debut last week or the week before? Do you even remember, Tom? It wasn't last week. I it was two weeks ago. I think I saw two weeks ago. I don't think I saw this past week since SmackDown, so I don't even know if they appeared. I'd have to look back through results. Um, but she was there. She was. She wasn't singing on the mic, um, which she never really was. Anyway, she was lip syncing it mostly. But I believe that is her voice um, on their their theme. So okay, that's weird. Um, she she could have been if she wasn't ready in the ring. She had what two matches in NXT. I didn't think they were terrible. Again did make me go, oh my goodness, I'm a huge B-Fab fan and, you know, can't wait to see what you can do against the top, you know, dogs in NXT, but um, I, I don't know, I didn't think she was terrible in the ring. I also realized she probably wasn't going to be the focus of that group. Um, she was going to be a little bit more of a valet and I don't know that that's terrible. Like, there's a spot for that. And maybe she could have been a valet while she continued to work on the in-ring stuff and then you bring her into the ring more when she's more ready makes sense. Hey, develop people. That's why you have a developmental system. That's why you have a performance center. Duh. Um, but I don't know. And maybe it's that 
maybe I'm also struggling as I'm looking at this list. And I, I thought about this a little bit yesterday. For the females especially, there are a lot of females who are um, diverse in their ethnic makeup who got cut yesterday. Katrina Cortez, uh, Jesse Kamea, Zeta, even Frankie Monet, I believe, has some Hispanic heritage. I think she appears a little more Caucasian just in her look, but I believe um, her, her heritage is also Hispanic. In fact, I know it is. Um, Ember Moon, BFAB, Mia Yim, we'll talk about in a minute. Okay, Scarlet, no, but um, I, I don't know. So you've got some diversity and you just cut a whole bunch of your diversity out the window. Now you have some diversity in your main roster. You got, you've got uh, Sasha and you've got Bianca Belair and, and some other folks um, who you don't use as well because you can only seem to focus on about four women at a time um, with any sort of, uh, what do I want to say, gumption. I don't know. That's a weird word to use there, but I'll use it. Um, I don't know. That's weird. Harry Smith. Man, like you said, legacy and good in the ring. Good in the ring. Could have been could have been a heavy for somebody. Could have just been, again, in that U.S. Intercontinental title. I don't know if he's a world champ or not. Um, again, good enough in the ring. Don't know. I, I don't know. Harry Smith has also seemed, at times, it seems like he kind of gets in his own way occasionally. Um, and Mike, I, you know, MLW, and he had a, a falling out before he left there. And so I don't know if something like that happened too here, but weird. Um, you assign him and then you don't ever put him on TV. Like, what are you doing? What 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 are you doing? Um, and if NXT needs to get bigger, he's a big dude. He's not a small guy. Doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Dorado and Metalik, I mean, they hadn't done anything with him in the last number of years. And Metalik, I know Metalik had been asking for his release. Lindsay may have been as well. Um, so they they granted it. If they weren't happy, they're good. Let them go on and, and do things. Mascara Dorado. Dorado uh, is was his former CMLL name. Um, I'm sure he'll head back to Mexico if he wants, and, and he can probably pop up elsewhere as well if he would so desire. Um, I think for me, uh, Nia Jax, let me just mention her again for a second. You know, probably the most, uh, I'm going to say successful, the most decorated person on this list from 18 yesterday, of 18 yesterday, uh, certainly former Raw Women's Champion, I think a couple of different times, um, has been featured, has won the women's tag title, has been featured in title matches and, and other title, other uh, featured stories, pretty much for a whole run with WWE. Um, you know, not great in the ring, has a history of hurting people. Um but has size and has, I think is a pretty good character. So I, Naya, I don't know. She'll, she'll find some work. I think she's more likely an impact than AEW though. Uh, unless I did see uh, one of our mutual friends mentioned this morning, if there was a snowball's chance and you know, aware of, of Naya being able to get the rock connected with AEW, they'd probably sign her in a heartbeat. But, um, and, and I would agree with that. If, yeah, if you can get to the rock through signing Naya, you sign Naya period, of course. But, uh, uh we haven't seen The Rock in WWE, so I haven't, you know, in the last number of years. So I don't know that that's uh, really a thing. So let's talk about this last group, because I think that's where we're going to probably be spending most of our time. Anyways, <sighs> Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Mia Yim. Karen Cross. Scarlett Birdo. And Eva Marie. 
Can I say I'm stunned to see any of these names? No, I can't. Do I shake my head and wonder what in the world? From a creative side, again, maybe vaccination had something to do with this. We don't know. We're going to just leave that to the side because we don't know. So there's no reason to speculate. Um, regardless of that, it's not like Keith Lee and Karrion Cross have been booked well since they brought were brought up to the main roster. Uh, Tom, what was your... I mean, I know you had to shake your head, but what was your thought? Yeah, so I feel like I'll start with Eva Marie because it's the person I care least about in this group. Yeah. And also felt like had... I didn't know where to put her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, and not only that, but like she, she's had a couple of WWE runs and she was on Total Divas and, you know, all of that stuff like preceded her. So her coming back in summer to now where we are today, it's, it's, it's a little akin to me talking like what I was saying about uh, uh, Frankie Monet, but also different. And it's like they burned right through the stuff with Eva in like two months. Not that it should have lasted more or less, but it's like, what was the point of bringing her back and giving her all of that time on one of your main shows if you didn't have a plan for six months, a plan for eight months, a plan for 12 months? Again, that's probably the part and parcel problem with creative and the creative turnover that I'm sure exists in WWE, which is why there's a number of people that I've read before, whether they had a snowball's chance and you know where or not of being on a creative team, that they go, they burn out quickly. I, th I think the demands of being a creative team member for WWE are, are so high and rigorous that you can get chewed up and spit out before too long and, and 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 not having consistent talent except for going back to what we said earlier on based on our friend sean's comment the randy orton's and the sheamus's of the world who seem to be you know wwe for life uh again and then the other two sides of the coin here two couples so keith and and mia and carrying cross and scarlet poor scarlet uh i mean she is a very attractive woman. And if nothing else, you know, I know WWE wants to be PC and wants to be family friendly. To not maximize her talents beyond just her looks was a failure and is a failure. And the fact that she didn't accompany Karrion Cross when the act in NXT was just kind of getting churning. Like they could have done it at a bigger on at a bigger level on a bigger stage, and they failed. Uh, they made Karrion Cross look like again we talked about it before the, the the long lost lonely member of Demolition from a world we never knew existed. And and, and, and before like, that, you beat him in two minutes with a guy who hadn't won a match in four months. Yeah, and, and and so that's that's that, and 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 the world is going to. I think the world will be their oyster. I have not been a big fan of carrying cross in the ring. I've said that here many times. You can go back and listen to the archives with the right opponent though. And the right presentation, the dude, the dude is, is can, can be the dude. And so I, I, I think this is going to make him even hungrier because I don't, I, I feel I ha would have to feel if I'm in his shoes today, I'm going, wow, I just spent the last 18 months of my life spinning my wheels. I just can't wait to put, you know, you know, rub, burn rubber on the pavement and, and show what I'm made of. 
So for the flip to Mia and Keith, little different situation kind of with those two. Mia had some opportunities. You know, she was part of May Young Classic, if I'm not mistaken, and that kind of led her to getting her spot. And then she was in NXT and then Retribution, which again will be a black mark on the history of this show and WWE forever. Um, thankfully, we've grown away from having a weekly retribution segment, but for the longest time, you know, I think back a year ago at this time, you know, it was, you know, and this week's retribution update coming to you live from Two Spot Monkeys. Although the good thing is the Retribution action figures finally making their way out. Reckoning and Mustafa Ali are out now, and T-Bar and Mace are coming. So I have yet to see if Slapjack got one. but uh, I don't think so. All right. Yeah. Oh, Mia. Yes. And then Mia had COVID earlier this year, or, or it was presumed to have COVID, or there was something that prevented her from being in the Rumble, whether it was COVID-related or not. I think know. it was because she stayed home with Keith. Well, he was sick. If I remember his his video right, right, yeah, and 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 then Keith Lee again. Wow, you talk about the tale of two scenarios with him. NXT, he was. It took a while to get going, but then he was the Keith Lee we knew he could be, and the amazing talent he is. And then you go back to when he had like this was what twenty nineteen, if I'm not mistaken, the Survivor Series run where he mixed it up with Roman Reigns and other top guys. And he was like, yes, this guy can be a player. And then nothing happened because he went back to NXT. And again, he clearly was on a trajectory there that was valuable and worthwhile. And then the pandemic happened and so on and so forth. But then this year with health conditions and whatnot and how it, I mean, I think he has to look back and and he tweets a lot about when I can tell the story, it's going to be one to read or one to, one to, one to, one to pay attention to. Like, I'm, I don't think he's going to have any concerns about burning a bridge here. And maybe, maybe he will, or maybe he won't. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. And, and, and he has to do what's right for him. But I have to imagine he's going to go, yo, I know, I know where I can go and what I can do. And I, and I, and, and, I, and I've lived that life. So maybe he's, maybe he's like, I don't care if I ever go back to WWE, you know, because, because I've, because I've already, I've already, been mired in that and I never want to do it again. And you'd have to think this is an overarching thing for any of these talents and perhaps anyone who chooses to sign in the future, you gotta be watching what's going on in the world, like with what with with people getting signed and released and so on and so forth. And you have to go, is that an environment I want to be part of? Yeah. I I don't again we're just talking creatively here. How do you how does WWE continue continue to have people on NXT, which by the way is on the same flipping channel as Raw? So it's not even, I mean, when it was a little different when it was only on the WWE network, but it's on USA the day after Raw. Now they're not getting the same numbers of viewers. I get that, whatever. You know, people who watch Raw don't watch NXT. No, that's not right. Clearly, some people who watch Raw watch NXT. Like those NXT fans aren't just NXT fans. There are people like you and I who do just watch NXT and don't really watch Raw. Um, but there are also people who watch Raw and watch NXT and watch everything. How do you take somebody who you've spent all this time cultivating? And, and Keith Lee was before NXT moved to USA, if I remember right. He was already on on the main roster. But nonetheless, how do you take somebody you've cultivated all this time? Karrion Cross, not. He was on USA. Um 
they've got these cool entrances. Both of them had great entrances, great themes that were made for big arenas. But in NXT, they were still cool because they were in the smaller venue and all of that. But carrying carrying across his entrance in a big arena should have been awesome. I, I'm going to say Undertaker-esque, and I'm not saying carrying across the Undertaker, but like that kind of aura. Like it was a cool entrance. Bray Wyatt, you know, those kinds of things. Hey, Bray Wyatt, Karrion Cross coming face-to-face on my TV somewhere in the future. I think that could be really cool. I think you could do some creative stuff there. I agree with you. Karrion Cross in the ring, never Ric Flair, never Ricky Steamboat, never Shawn Michaels, probably never going to be that. With the right opponents, I thought he was good to okay to decent to, you know, not great. But character-wise, he could do so much character work that if you booked his wrestling matches the right way, he didn't have to be Shawn Michaels in the ring. Um, Not everybody's going to be. You need character. And, man, that guy's got character for days. And I agree with you. Scarlet with him as a package, holy smokes. Like, it was great. When she'd come out and do the whole, you know, uh, hourglass. There we go. Yeah. (laughs) Like, time thingy. Um, Sand time thingy. uh, Days of our lives. Anyways, um... First time a soap opera has ever been mentioned on this show, I'm fairly sure. But uh, when when she come out and set the hourglass out because TikTok, he's coming for you kind of thing. Like, that was cool. I thought that was neat. Um, you know, when he's lurking in the background, when he's early on before he even debuted officially on NXT, but was sitting in the car and watching, you know, you just kind of see him in the background. I thought they did great stuff with him in NXT. And then they bring him to Raw. They beat him, beat Jeff Hardy, or have Jeff Hardy beat him, excuse me. Now, yes, they couldn't follow up right on that because, unfortunately, Jeff Hardy got COVID-19 directly after that happened. Um, But here's an idea. Have him kill somebody the next week. And maybe they did. I don't even remember because they did such a job, terrible job refocusing him. It just, I know we say it a lot on this show, and I apologize that sometimes in 66 episodes, I feel like we say the same thing 50 of those 66 episodes, but WWE. It's literally your job to book people well. And I know WWE says they don't make stars. WWE is the star. And I think that's a lot of what happens in these releases is, cool, we'll release these guys. We'll get somebody else to do it. Um, Sure, I guess. Um, I I heard somebody on a podcast yesterday, yesterday, I think it was yesterday. uh, It might have been, it was probably Fightful because that's who I listen to a lot of times, you know, say that, the WWE, a producer actually said, and I, I want to say it was Sugar Dunkerton actually on a Fightful podcast said that a, a producer said to him one time doing extra work. And if it wasn't Sugar, apologies if you're listening, Sugar Dunkerton. Um, I'm sure he's an avid listener of Two Spot Monkeys. But um, that a producer once said to him at WWE, we're an entertainment company that happens to have a wrestling ring in the middle of the arena. That tells you all you need to know. So yeah, they're just recasting. Um, I I saw that Bruce Pritchard recently said, you know, the fake Diesel and fake Razor Ramon, we're just recasting. How many TV shows have recasted somebody and there was a new actor playing in the next year? They they have done that. You're right. And WWE can do that, I guess. Sure. They've done it with Sin Cara in the past. At least that was a masked guy, you know, so it was a little different. Um, Wasn't quite as obvious as as Diesel and Ramon. And yeah, you can recast roles, and obviously they're not going to bring somebody in and call him Carrion Cross, but you can bring somebody else in as a spooky, dark character. Fine, wonderful. Uh, but you've got guys who are talented. Keith Lee, I don't know, maybe maybe it's a vaccination thing, maybe it's not. I don't know, can't, haven't read it, don't care. Um, 
Keely is so good in the ring. So good in the ring. And and good promo. I don't know. It just... Oh, that's right. Annette just reminded me uh, on the comments, uh, Karrion Cross did. He killed Keith Lee the next week, actually, after he lost to Jeff Hardy, beat Keith Lee. And then Keith Lee beat him the next week. Um, and clearly, that worked out for both of them as they're both unemployed now. Um, yeah, she is right. That is what they had him do. They had him, they had him come back and Keith Lee came back. And then you just beat him. You beat Keith Lee. So now you've beaten Karrion Cross and Keith Lee in two weeks and done nothing with either one of them. Uh, they just repackaged Keith Lee. He was going to be Bearcat Lee. Okay, whatever. Um, had him beat Cedric Alexander a couple of weeks ago. And then you don't put him on TV for a couple of weeks. And then you cut him. Like, And, 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 and I don't know if WWE 2K22 is ever going to come out. Because it was supposed to come out in the fall. They had to push it back to the spring because all the cuts that have happened. And now they got more cuts. At some point, you figure Keith Lee was probably in that game. Karrion Cross probably in that game. Scarlet might be in that game. Uh, the Lucha House Party is probably in that game. Nia Jax definitely would have been in that game. Uh, Ember Moon could have probably been in that game. I mean, at some point, or 2K22 is just going to have to be like, you know what? Cool. They're all going in the game. Don't care. Um, like, how do you... And and Mattel, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember seeing what well, Cross had a figure getting worked on it, an, a new updated, maybe it didn't have a stupid helmet with him. Um, but the rest of these guys probably, Lee might have had one coming, but I don't know. It's just mind-numbing to me that yet again, here we are talking about releases of people that they don't know. So uh, talk through with me just for a minute, Tom, here, out of this group. And maybe, maybe if you said it earlier and I'm forgetting it, I apologize. Keith Lee, where do, where do you think Keith Lee lands potentially? So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know that he has the relationship with the guys or the, the upper cusp of people in AEW that like an Adam Cole did, for example. However, I think that they are familiar enough with him because of how their paths indirectly intersected over the years that preceded, you know, where they are today. That 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 AEW makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, it's a shame Ring of Honor is closing up shop or whatever is going to happen with them. Because my word, Keith Lee as a the top guy in Ring of Honor would have been unbelievable. And not only that, you could have, if you didn't want to go that route, having him come in and help Shane Taylor get to be the top guy. Holy cow. That could have been even and the story you could have told there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I will say if he's not signed by April, and I, I think he will be, if he's not signed by April, they'd be stupid not to try to get him on Super Guard of Honor. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Or if he signed to a deal that it would allow him to do Super Guard of Honor, which also could be a thing. I agree with you. Uh, Keith makes the most sense to AEW for me. Um, I could see some New Japan stuff for him potentially. Um, he's a big guy. He could do some fun stuff with some of their guys. Uh, Mia Yim. I mean, how many how many females does AEW want on their roster? Uh, and 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 if 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 not full time, is she going to be like, yeah, I'll go in and I'll be happy to do stuff on Dark and Dark Elevation, you know, from their closed or not closed studio, but they're like Universal tapings. Yeah, I. Either way, I could see I could see AEW or Impact for her, um, but I, I definitely see one of those um, 
I don't see her ending up like an NWA or anything like that. I, I definitely see her um, doing that. Karrion Cross, do you think AEW or do you think he goes back to Impact? I have to think Impact. I have to think impacts. You know, I, I'm, I'm I, again. I don't not happy with all of these releases for, for again because these are humans at the end of the day, and you know they're not personally connected to me. But you know, it's just disappointing to see like their lives be turned upside down when they've worked so hard to get to where they are. I wonder if if as the world hopefully continues to still slowly rebound from COVID and open up more, and and know that day by day that's a a, a sliding scale about how whatever the reality in our world is, we could potentially be seeing like a rejuvenation of the indies with all of these names that are out there. I think GCW, we talked about a lot here recently, has a really great opportunity. I know I saw a bunch of tweets yesterday. Oh, Bola 2022 is going to be off the hook, <laughs> right? Um, and then more, more than likely so. And, 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 you know, you have to wonder, like, does PWG – for the first time ever, I think run Ebola in early uh, early 2022 versus fall of 2022 because of everyone at their at their not disposal is the long term, but you know at their at their op- at their at their reach. So, if I'm them, I might start 2022 with Ebola. To be honest, I mean, I think about it at least, and maybe they have. Well, and uh, there have been there have been years past maybe where in February because some of these names wouldn't be available until February. Yeah, they've done they've done sometimes in the same calendar year where they've done like I want to say like All Star Weekends and or something. Some of their bigger named like themed events, you know, have happened twice in the count cal- in a calendar year before. Bola has never been one of them, but why the heck not? <laughs> right, because they didn't have a Bola in twenty twenty. Yep, and they didn't have one here in twenty twenty two. Yep. Assuming that they're not going to have one in December, um, so which would be a heck of a thing if they could pull that off too. But um, or maybe you do a DDT tournament, and uh, you know, I mean, Lucha House Party in in PWG actually, I think Metalik and Dorado with no uh, restrictions on them could be a really fun tag team to watch in some matches. You know, do I think they're the greatest tag in the world? No, but do I think they could have some fun tag matches? I do. I think they're both very talented. Um, Scarlet. I think goes where Karrion Cross goes. Yeah, the other indie I'll mention is just AAW. I, I I thought when we talked about Ring of Honor last week, you know, uh, AAW out of Chicago, yep. having the chance to bring bring in, you know, and Cross had been there before, Keith Lee had been there before, uh, other talents as well. So, I'm I'm sure they're salivating at that. Um, I would think Blake Christian would have a shot if he'd like to go there as well. Um, they brought Tony Silas Logan. Young back already last week, and when right. Silas, because Silas became free because of the Ring of Honor situation, and Silas yep. was the guy that was born and bred out of AEW. Yep, absolutely, and I think Silas will be back there. I know he's working the next show too, and I think he'll be kind of full time there, quote unquote, along with other places. Um, Anybody else that uh, we've talked about before? We haven't really necessarily talked about where you think they might land. Well, I guess we did with like Ember Moon and, and Frankie and them. Uh, Oni Larkin, where do you, I'm curious, where do, do you see Oni landing anywhere? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love AEW. Um, you did say that, uh, yeah. Um, AEW, I might have just said AAW. A lot of alphabet it's, superior. It's hard to keep, sometimes when you're talking, it's hard to keep those two straight, I know. Uh, but but I don't know that that has to be the case. And, and back to your comments, I think I think it was with Keith Lee perhaps about New Japan. My wondering is again if this is at all vaccination related, 
like if 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 right. new japan may have that be something where that either it, it prevents uh talent or supports talent being able to be in japan for a six-week tour at a time yeah and japan has seemed to be a little uh, just my opinion and my observation i don't know this but they've seemed to be a little more cautious um with how they've handled things so i wouldn't be shocked if you need to be vaccinated to get into japan you may very well um and somebody listening to this may very well know that too but uh I wouldn't be shocked. And so if that is a situation, then maybe that precludes that. Although I could see him working, you know, depending again on their, their rule, their rules, and also say the state of California or other places rules, um, some NJPW strong stuff, because man, that roster has blossomed. I, I don't watch strong, but every time I look at our results in the fantasy wrestling league for it, I'm like, I probably should start um checking that out i don't have njpw world though wish they put it on youtube or or some other format because i can pay for njpw world i certainly can but i don't have the time to watch anything from new japan and and frankly new japan itself hasn't really made me want to watch like they haven't done enough lately that it just makes me think i need to make that a priority um so i don't know i wish there was another way um to catch strong or, or get it a tv deal um i will say they've got some matches coming up on their next set um i want to say and maybe they already taped it but i want to say will osprey and alex zane have a match coming up uh big fan of both those guys so uh that could be that could be really cool to see in the ring uh yeah anyways i could see some of that too um new japan wise just looking at new japan uh, you know harry smith maybe i could see doing some things there again i think he's done some with them in the past if i remember right wasn't he in suzuki gun yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he and Archer, he and Archer are a team. Yeah. Um, so I, I could see that um, if they do a, a well, they're doing a best of the Super Juniors. Uh, if they could get Trey Baxter over there, man, Blake Christian tearing it up with some of the juniors in New Japan, that'd be fun. Uh, can you tell I'm a Trey Baxter or Blake Christian fan? I like the guy. Um, I also like Cora Jade, and I'm glad to see she didn't get cut in this too. But um, we'll see see where that goes. Anyways, we could go on for days. Uh, you, mentioned, no. you mentioned earlier, just and I wanted to bring this up because I actually did watch Raw this week. The first time I think in about a month I watched the entire. I've heard some people say it was actually pretty decent this week. It it, it wasn't. Um, it, it, it exceeded my expectations, and I went in with low expectations, but it exceeded my expectations. I really thought the Finn Balor Chad Gable match was quite enjoyable. Uh, the main event was Biggie and Kevin Owens, and that could have been more ish, but it wasn't bad. Kevin Owens actually looks like he's putting on a little bit of weight. So I'm wondering what's going on there. Um, I, I, I think his contract is up soon. So maybe he's just kind of writing it out, knowing that he has better futures to come. Uh, that's speculation. Who knows? Um, he's got some good friends down in Jacksonville. So. Yes. The, the thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, if, and ask if you had seen this, because you mentioned entrances. Uh, and how good Keith Lee's and Karrion Cross's were collectively, and how they stood out. Damien Priest's entrance has changed, and the music has changed, and I think Your that's the, the stupidest move ever. Um, he now appears to be half evil because he's Damien, and half good because he's Priest. And if you look at his Titantron, it's red on the Damien side and blue on the Priest side. Oh my word. I, I don't mind the the edge they seem to be giving him. Um, that's okay. 
Um, because I think the party dude uh, character needed some tweaking. He's really good in the ring. Like Damian Priest a lot in the ring. I think he's got the size. He's got the look. He's got character. And he's got that it factor. So, um, which is funny because I was not a Punishment Martinez fan early in his ROH run. By the end of it, I was. Um, but when he first appeared in like the top prospect tournament or whatever, when we first saw him, I was like, okay, indie wrestler number 46. Like this looks like any other guy you could see on a Saturday anywhere. Um, so kudos to him for doing a lot of work, putting in a lot of work to get here. Um, yeah, I, I've seen the new entrance. I think if he would have debuted with this entrance, like forget in NXT. So the first time we introduced, I think I would have liked this entrance. I, I, I don't hate the entrance. I don't like the change, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they've kind of seemed to have done away with the Archer of Infamy name. So the whole shooting the arrow and the fire thing might not have fit anymore. Maybe don't have him do the arrow thing anymore, but I thought the flames were cool that they used to have on it. Um, so I think you still could have done that without him having to, I always thought the like fake arrow shooting was a little dumb. So I would be okay with that just dropped out of it. And they just kept the flames and maybe he did this, you know, and for those who are listening on the podcast, I'm throwing my arms out. Um, and the flames went at that point or something almost Kane esque, but not, I, I don't want him doing like the Kane thing because that's Kane and you know, it'll look like a cheap imitation, but um, so I'm okay with the character shift. But yeah, and 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 the half red, half blue thing. I hadn't even thought about the whole Damien and Priest good evil in the name piece. That almost feels like somebody was sitting in a creative meeting and had like an aha moment. Like, wait. By, go- by golly, his name is Damien Priest. <laughs> right. That's half good, half bad. Dude, dude, dude. Anyways, um, I might be insinuating who I think might have said that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but do I think Damian Priest is being primed for a major push in 2022? I do. Um, could Damian Priest win the Royal Rumble? I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibilities if they get behind him enough. You don't look so sure about that, Tom. I I don't trust WWE at this point. So. <laughs> right. In three, he could be released. So let's be honest. They could have him lose the U.S. title to... John Morrison, because all of a sudden they decide to push him for three weeks. And uh, yeah, no, that's very true. It's very true. I'm trying to predict the Royal Rumble in November is is usually fool's gold anyways. Although sometimes you can kind of see like, oh, yeah, they're going to Drew or somebody. I, right now, if you ask me to pick the Royal Rumble winner, Rock would be my guess. I mean, only because you set up whatever at WrestleMania with him. But other than that, yeah, I'm throwing darts. I, I, I wouldn't have a clue. Rock or Drew. Um, and I don't really want to see either one of them win the Rumble, to be perfectly honest. And I don't think they need to to get them into top programs at WrestleMania. So um, speaking of which, Tom, I don't know if you've looked at the schedule. But at the beginning of January, or at the end of December, actually, you and I, to start off our head-to-head for 2022, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, we have a few more cards to pick for head-to-head here in 2021. But we are going to have to have a marathon recording session or live show uh, because WWE has announced a pay-per-view on January 1st called Day One. And then you follow that up with January 4th, 5th, and 8th, three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. We have four shows to pick in eight days, Tom. We're going to have like 40 matches under our belts by the time we're a weekend of 2022. 
Considering what you said about New Japan and how you haven't been engaged in the product, I wonder if we should not pick Wrestle Kingdom or if we should be selective about what we pick. We might, yeah, we should probably look at that at least because we did pick Wrestle Kingdom this year. I believe that's been the only New Japan show, though, that we picked. It is. Uh, and, yeah. and probably would be moving forward. But yeah, that might be something we need to consider. And for timing, we might also well, want to reconsider. And what we're is even what really is even, to be either, but <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, what's even the day one? Like what's the what's the like I'm sure it'll come together after Survivor Series, but like what? I mean you, to me, you're gonna have to make that big to make it worth it. Yeah, like, three three years ago I'd have been like sweet. And now I'm like, I don't care. Also, did you see SummerSlams in July next year? Yes. How like that's an August and, staple. And did they announce the location for SummerSlam? I it's don't in remember. Nashville. It's where the Titans play. Oh, that's right. Which that's is right. cool because it's an outdoor show. But then, but that's just like when we talked about when they did SummerSlam and they announced Money in the Bank for where the Raiders play. Like that seems like a really awkward venue for Money in the Bank. Yeah, their their pay per view schedule is interesting next year, and I know we've totally rabbited off. So welcome to Two Spot Monkeys. It's what we do. Yeah, we're talking uh, WWE. It's you know. It's, a lot of Saturday pay-per-views next year, too, which I actually kind of, I don't mind. I get it. It makes some sense. It doesn't make me any more or less likely to watch them um, personally, but for others it might because they're used to Saturday night like UFC or boxing matches or those kinds of things. Saturday night's kind of fight night. Um, although I think it'll be interesting to see UFC put out their schedule as well. I did find it interesting that WWE scheduled a pay-per-view for Labor Day weekend next year um, and put it on either Saturday or Sunday. Uh, hmm. Are they are they going to count? Are they going to go head to head with All Out, or are they just going to move it to the other day? And and which would be a little bit of a okay. We don't want to. Okay, here you go. Like that'd be an interesting move to not go head to head. But I also think it would be a very interesting move to go head to head because and WWE doesn't get a ton of. I wouldn't think doesn't get a ton of traditional pay per view buys anymore. Right. AEW that's a big part of, or a part anyways, because they also have the BR app and fight in other places. Um, but they're, I, I think they're getting, if you looked at percent of viewership, I would think AEW's percent of viewership buying it on traditional pay-per-view is higher percentage than WWE's because WWE you can get for five bucks a month on Peacock. Um, honestly, people who are buying it on traditional pay-per-view, I, I, I don't understand you. Um, why would you pay 40 or $50 for the pay-per-view when you can pay five bucks and watch it on Peacock? I, it makes zero sense to me if people are doing that. So kudos if you like to. If you like throwing money away, let me give you my PayPal address. You go ahead and just send it on over. But uh, um, so uh, Annette jumped in and said that Nick Khan emphasized stadium shows for 2022 in his investor call yesterday. Um, so that makes sense with like the SummerSlam and the, and the money in the bank and obviously Royal Rumble. WrestleMania back to being two days. So apparently that would make more sense. Season, what is it, 38 um, for next year, right? Season 38, episode one is Saturday. Season 38, episode two is Sunday. And and here's the thing. Stadium shows, awesome. But stadium shows fits when you're a sporting product. If you're calling yourself an entertainment product, like are you giving us, a, like this isn't the Pink World Tour. This isn't, um, the, Jonas, this isn't the Jonas Brothers. Are you insinuating that WWE talks out of both sides of their mouth? Perhaps. Maybe, did, was that was did I just imply that indirectly or directly? Me have, I believe you directly implied that. <laughs> I, don't I don't think that's very indirect. Your your subtle meter might be a little off if you thought that was indirect, my friend. Uh, yeah, it, 
interesting. I think it'll be interesting. And uh, that's just a lot of what we said today is interesting. Uh, last thing. Kudos to Annette for listening to the investor call. I hope she has stock in WWE. <laughs> right. I, 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 Maybe she read the report. I would, I would, you know. Yeah. Which I haven't even kept up on. So I'm glad somebody is because, um, yeah, I think it's interesting to know where that company is headed. Because let's be honest, as much as AEW's got more money, blah, 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 the, the cons have more money. I'm not convinced AEW has more money. Yes, they have more money available to them because of the con family. But Chad Khan is also only going to, and Tony, for that matter, are only going to put so much money into one piece of it. I.e., Ring of Honor had has Sinclair Broadcasting Company who owns them. Sinclair Broadcasting is loaded with cash. So when people say, well, Ring of Honor had all this money at their disposal, they didn't. Sinclair Broadcasting gave Ring of Honor a budget and said, here's what you can spend. And it was not Sinclair's whole budget. You know, I mean, come on, guys. So... When people say AEW has all this money, I'm like, meh. The cons have the money. Yes, that they could invest in AEW, but again, they're business people. If they're not going to get the return on that big of an investment, then they're not going to put that much money into it. So, last topic to pivot to before we go double Broadway here. Uh, NXT 2.0, I have not seen this week. I've seen two minutes of the Mandy Rose, Matt. Uh, I forgot we even had to talk about this. I mean, uh, <laughs> we, were, we had such a great, rich conversation. Uh, great and rich being oxymorons for WWE. Um, but yeah, NXT. Uh, quickly, just to, to go back to your comment that you said kudos to Annette for listening to the investor call. Uh, she did say, I read about it. You couldn't pay me enough to listen to it. So totally understood, Annette. And we, we would be... Uh, right there with you on that one, obviously. So NXT 2.0, I, I called it a title surprise um, last week at Halloween Havoc. All the titles changed hands except one. And uh, that one, at least all the titles that were defended that night changed hands except one. Uh, and that was the world title, which I think if we would have done picks for Halloween Havoc would have been the most likely one I think we would have had change. Um, although I wasn't oh, surprised by some of the other changes. This would yeah. have been, the one if, if I put confidence points on it, Braun Breaker would have been really high. I, so I, I'm going to disagree. I didn't think the title was going to switch. Oh, I, okay. I, 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 the, the, so when you when you post in for those watching on YouTube, when you see NXT 2.0 title surprise, to me the one that is that wasn't is the surprise was the tag title switching. Now, granted, I, with with the reboot of NXT 2.0, you know the MSKs of the world and the Imperiums of the world don't seem like they fit that brand anymore. So that's one thing, right? Like I half expected. You know, and maybe it's happened because I'm not caught up on NXT either, aside from Havoc. Uh, you know, that Josh Briggs and the other guy, the bar fight brawlers, you know, unseat Imperium so they can become the tag champs because they're they're big and they're burly. Yeah, I don't know why you do what you do in that tag space. That I digress. But yes, I I, I see your point with Braun Breaker because it seemed like the, the rocket was strapped to him by all means. Tommaso Ciampa is a guy where I'm like, man, he's got to just love where he's at. Uh, and really, like, and I don't mean just like love where he's at because he's just in a good spot. But like, when he looks around NXT and he goes, okay, it's me and Gargano, the last uh, the and, last of a dying breed. And, and to speak to that, I don't know if you know this, Johnny Gargano's contract expires in the next four weeks. Yeah, Johnny may yeah. not be in NXT or WWE in the next, say, month. Uh, if I'm Johnny, I'm... You talk about you talk about a guy, uh, <laughs> you know, and he. And, but his and I've thought about this with Gargano a lot. 
you know, he was always the one that was loyal to WWN, Evolve, Gabe, Sal, whomever, right? Does that bleed in over here into this WWE space? I think it could. Adam Cole is known as a super loyal guy as well. And I don't think what he did was unloyal in any way, shape, or form. I think he did what was what he chose was right for him, which he absolutely should do. And I think he made the right call. You may remember on this show, I said, run, Adam, run. Um, I might say, run, Johnny, run. Uh, again, I don't, AEW would make the most sense. I don't, if, if he's not going to, if he doesn't think he can get in at AEW, then I think you'd stay at WWE. I don't, I don't foresee Johnny Gargano wanting to just play the indie game, although he could probably name his price at the indie game and get a whole lot of bookings in GCW and the new Ring of Honor in April if he wanted, and AIW, you know, that he was a big part of in Ohio, and AAW, which he's been a big part of. I mean, don't get me wrong. Johnny Gargano will be fine no matter what he decides to do. He will make good money. Um, he has earned that ability and that right. But, uh, yeah, I honestly, to be, if I'm really being blunt, I wouldn't have been shocked if Ron Breaker won last week if Ciampa would have been on this list yesterday. Yeah. Because it seems Ciampa has been pretty uh, transparent, and I, I just take him at his word, that he doesn't really want to do the main roster thing. Um, he's happy with what he's doing. But they've also said they want to get younger and not have older established indie guys. And, and Ciampa's an older established indie guy. If they what? consider him an NXT guy, now he's another guy I could see become a coach. Um I don't know that he's as old as he looks. I think he looks a little more grizzled than maybe he is. I can't remember his age, but um. yeah, I, I think he has. A, you know, he's got a wife and a young daughter, and I think they live right in Orlando or around that general area. From what you know, if you look at his social media and his pictures that he posts, he's thirty-six. You know, yeah, I, I really think that he's like, yo, I'm good here. Like this, like you know what? I'm 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 good not traveling. I'm good not being away from home. You know, a move to the main roster would mean weekly travel and being away from home with a young daughter. So I don't blame them. Blame the guy. No, and not at all. I would, I would, I would imagine too. Like you know, unless, and I think wrestling is in his blood to an extent, but I think that he's really got to be really satisfied with his career at this point. So you know, I think he could probably walk away. My guess, my I'm sorry, I should say he probably could. My guess would be he could walk away tomorrow, and just live comfortably for the rest of his life, stay healthy be a coach, perhaps do seminars uh, at his leisure um, and not, and not have a, not have a worry. He doesn't need the WrestleMania main event to, to, to validate him beyond um, where he is. And he may also be a guy who's looking at it and going, even if I want that WrestleMania main event, look at everybody else who's gone from NXT to the main roster. Do I really think that's going to happen? And I don't. I mean, I, I just as much as I think Chamba could be a W a WrestleMania main eventer, I, I, frankly, I think Keith Lee could. I think Karrion Cross could have. They're not employed. Um, Bray Wyatt was. Braun Strowman was. They're not employed. Um, not that necessarily all of those. Uh, well, I guess they all came through NXT at some level. Braun never really appeared in NXT, other than as a uh, a rosebud. Um, but. Uh, yeah, that's a real thing. He was a rosebud. Um, NXT for me has become the island of misfit toys. And it's just because I feel like it's like there are people that I really want to see do well. And there are people that I'm just like, you're not clicking for me yet. And you may never click for me. So I'm really wrestling with, do I even, 
want to tune in. So it went from Tuesdays were pretty regularly destination viewing, and now I don't feel that way at all. I think I, I, I agree with what you say about the Island of Misfit Toys. I feel like for the first couple of months here of 2.0, it's been throw a lot of things against the wall and see what sticks. I hope that before too long, we settle into a roster a little bit and stop having new guys about every week um, coming out. I like having new guys, but when it's all new, like there's too many and, and they're not focusing on, you know, I mean, I, I don't think if we seen uh, the first Chinese superstar who debuted, uh, was it a Dante something? Anyways. Um, I, I, I know, I know the name you're talking about. I can't recall it either, but I, I know. Right. He came out one, one week, destroyed somebody. I don't think we've seen him since. Um, you know, Tony D'Angelo, they seem to be getting behind a little bit. Um, Zion Quinn, they seem to be kind of be doing a slow burn with. And and Quinn has something to him. I, Quinn is somebody that I, I don't know. There's, there, again, the look, something, the character. I think he's coming along in the ring. He used to be a rugby player, so he's not a, a you know, he's training literally now as a professional wrestler on the job. Um, but, yeah, they, they've been thrown a lot against the wall, so I hope they settle in. I agree with you on the tag title situation. I, I would have thought it keeping the titles on MSK, like they're the younger, I don't know if we're trying to get younger and whatever. I just think they worked better. Um, I would be interesting to see what happens there moving forward. Uh, I love toxic traction, having all the belts though. I will say that um, I like there being a strong female uh, faction that has all the belts. I hope they give them runs with the titles. Don't just have them. They, they want all the belts, and now in two months, you know, they both they all lose them. Um, I'm glad JC Chain is okay because a couple of weeks ago, in that uh, who gets to spin the wheel match, she took a bad spill when her foot caught the rope on that dive. Um, so I'm glad she is okay. Uh, I, I'm enjoying NXT, but it's not. It's definitely not what it once was for me either. I'm enjoying it, but it's a different product. Um, maybe they'll settle in. I don't know normally we'd have war games right on the corner. I'm guessing we're not getting war games. So. I don't think we're getting war games. I, I think you are correct. Um, I don't, I don't see that at all. So, and who would it even be? And that's only a hypothetical. Right. We don't have to answer I, that. Honestly, I think you could set it up on the female side a whole lot easier because you've got, um, I've already seen that there's a six woman tag next week. I think it's next week. Maybe it happened this week um, with toxic traction against uh, EO. Not Casey and Caden. Is it EOKC and Caden? Okay. I think so. That's how, that's how the segment closed on Tuesday. That's okay. the only part of NXT I've seen. So, and I saw that Zoe's out for a little bit. So, um, you know, so right there you've got three on three, and you could easily add somebody on either side, or just do a three on three. Raquel and Dakota makes a lot. Raquel of sense. and Dakota could go absolutely. Um, that would make a ton of sense. Um, yeah, you could do a women's side, but on the men's side, I agree, it would be like random spin the wheel, make the deal to make the teams um, at that point for war games on the guy's side. Like, cause even I, I, right now I struggle with who's a, who's a baby face and who's a heel in some of those situations. Is Braun Breaker a baby face or a heel? I think he's a baby face, but yet Champa Champa's a baby face, I think. So maybe Champa and Breaker lead a team, but then there's not a dastardly enough heel right now to make you feel like, Oh yeah. Dunn used to have a group. They're getting one, Breaker and Champa. One by one. Picked off right. one by one. Right. War games is do you still have a job in NXT? That's what war games <laughs> is right now. <laughs> Literal war. <laughs> right. Mm. Well, Tom, anything else you want to touch on this week? 
no, I'm excited to come back next week because next week is full gear pickums, baby. Absolutely. And uh, we are, are we tied head to head? I think we are. Yes. We are. Yep. Um, so I can't remember what that means. I think whoever made the pick first last time. I think you. I think you won last time. You actually won the last set of pickums, so I'll be picking first. So you I believe, pick first. I believe that's, that's right. what we said. And if that's not true, go back. I encourage all of our loyal listeners to go back and prove us wrong by listening to. That's right. Tell us what we're supposed to do because <laughs> we don't have a. <laughs> if you have a suggestion, tweet at us. That's right. Send us a tweet. Let us know. Um, but uh, yeah, next week full gear picks. That'll be fun. Um, there's a nice card coming together for that show. So. Um, I just saw a press release, so I now know who, uh, because I was stupid and I read it, um, so I now know who the substitution was, and uh, I'm looking forward to that match at Full Gear. Um, I'll be interested to see how it played out on Dynamite to get to I'll it. I'll be but finding out momentarily as it's on the DVR. I, uh, okay, so you don't know who the substitution is yet either. Okay, they didn't announce it earlier or anything. Um, yep, that'll be all right. So I just may have spoiled a match result for you, and I apologize for that. Um so, before I spoil anything else for Tom, uh, or or potentially spoil anything else for Tom, uh, let's call it a day on hour 25. We haven't done this in a while, Tom. So, um, everybody stay safe. We will be back next week with full gear pickums and hopefully no more talk of releases and people losing their jobs because two weeks of that in a row is enough, frankly, at this point. Let people keep their jobs. It's almost the holidays, people. Jeez. Um, but, uh, Tom? Always good to talk to you as, as always, and uh, we'll be back next week for more fun here on Two Spot Monkeys Live.